So today on the show, we have Kirill Zubovsky, which I totally butchered, and I apologize in advance, sorry. Um, but you are the host of the Rad Dad podcast and a very kindred spirit because he's trying to do the exact same thing that we're trying to do with the Two Cent Dad podcast, which is how do you help fathers be more intentional in their role, especially fathers that are founders or are trying to do ambitious things. So he's interviewed quite a few um, very well-known founders in the tech space that are also dads. Um, he has a startup called Smash Notes. Um, he's a, a YC, Y Combinator alum, I believe. Um, hopefully I'm not messing too much of your bio up, but thanks so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk to you about fatherhood and a lot of the things that you've learned um, doing your podcast through the years. Thanks. Glad to be on the show. And thank you for a wonderful introduction. Really, I'm just unemployed, stay-at-home dad, you know, hanging out with my kids all the time and doing podcasts here and there. But that, <laughs> that sounded much better. You, you, Yeah, you don't give yourself enough credit, I must say. So I've enjoyed listening to some of your, your podcast episodes. And, um, and we actually were speaking for quite a bit before, and um, you were telling me a little bit about um, you know, some of the wisdom you've taken away from some of the podcasts. So tell me a little bit about the Rad Dad Show. Um, tell, maybe tell everyone the, the story on the name and then kind of where, where it's been. Oh, so you like the story and the name. Great. <laughs> I like I like the story and the name. So you got to retell that. <laughs> I will. So uh, I, uh, for a while, my wife and I were basically bouncing the kids around. So one of us will stay home with the kids. The other one will go do some work. And I really needed a creative outlet. And um, there's a lot of these resources on parenting. Uh, and all of them are trying to teach you something. And I just didn't really want to teach people or have somebody tell me exactly what to do. I just wanted to like learn from people and their challenges and mistakes and how they're doing it. Uh, but I also fully re- realized that kids are all different, you know, families are all different, and uh, how we raise our kids is very specific to our exact situation. So I started Red Dead Show. It's uh, reddeadshow.com. Yeah. But basically interviewing my friends about their challenges as parents and also meeting new people who I thought were uh, fascinating in the tech world. And I wanted to know how they're able to do their tech things and raise a family as well. But the name came because I was sitting with one of the co-founders of Boosted Boards uh, for lunch. And uh, for a while, I had a Boosted Board uh, that I was riding through my neighborhood. When we got when we got the first kid, we moved into suburbs uh, out of the city. And so I would ride my Boosted Board through the suburbs, and the kids would go, whoa, that is so cool. So I'm telling him this story, and he goes, you know, for our marketing campaigns, we have different buckets. And one of them is uh, a rad dad bucket. So basically, we identify you as a rad dad who bought a Boosted Board <laughs> and, the, you know, uh, target you a uh, – based on that. And I was like, wow, that, 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 that's me. You know, I, I can agree with that. I really like that. And that was about <laughs> the time where I started the podcast. So I decided to call it rad dad. Of course, that's awesome. Of course, putting the name dad in the podcast is a little limiting. So it's, it's harder for me to now to, uh, to get moms on the podcast, but I decided, you know what, it's parenting and tech and what have you. It doesn't have to be just dads. Cause after all, like moms yeah. do a lot of heavy lifting. Um, that was that. But at the same time, at the same token, I'll push back on that a little bit. Because I felt like niching down to talk about just fatherhood specifically is how can you you can talk around that issue, not just parenting as a whole. And I don't know that I've executed that well on, on my podcast necessarily because we talk about kind of generalizations in terms of parenting. But you said basically it's more parenting as a whole, not just dads or, or fatherhood. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you invite somebody on the Rad Dad podcast, they feel really good about it. And like, I haven't had anybody say no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
it's uh so tell me more about you know kind of how how you see the show now and may tell me some of the stuff that you've learned from some of the dads that you've had on i know you've had quite a few um you know well-known people and from all different walks of life and you know tell me about your last couple of years doing the show and some takeaways as a as a father that you've taken Yeah, so I think one of the major takeaways from the show was that everyone is different and you should take everybody's advice with a grain of salt. Uh, you should listen to what people are doing in their day-to-day -day life and uh, learn from that and see how that applies to you, but don't necessarily focus on the big picture, right? Because many of us don't actually know what's going to happen to our kids 10, 20 years down the road. And even if you interview somebody whose kids are already in college, you know, what they did 10 or 20 years ago is not necessarily going to be applicable to your life today. Uh, but uh, like uh, I told you before I started recording, right? Like when I had DHH on the show, David Hanemeyer Hansen, the founder of Ruby on Rails, you know, the guy's a millionaire. The guy doesn't have to go to work anymore, but he still does, you know, because he enjoys it. And he spends time with his family. And I'm assuming his, you know, kids are doing really fun stuff. There are a lot of stuff there, for example, which I think applies day to day. Like David said, look, you know, don't worry about your kids not eating sugar because we all grew up eating a ton of sugar and we turned out okay. And you're like, yeah, I, I get it, right? Like sometimes we tend to overreact as parents. We read something about like, oh, sugar is bad for your children. And all of a sudden we start like feeding them just carrots and broccoli all the time. Um, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we, we ate sugar, we turned out okay, right? Or like... You, you, I think uh, the reason I'm doing a podcast and, uh, you know, your podcast, my podcast and similar, I think why people should listen to them is because you'll hear things that may be similar to how are you doing them with a different point of view or whatnot. But you can you can figure out which parts you like and don't like and do more of the ones you like, because there's no point mm -hmm. of trying to fight who you are and do something that totally doesn't apply to you. But you can find interesting bits which make you think differently about what you're doing, but maybe you would agree with. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah. DHH, he's an, he's a very opinionated guy. That's for sure. You know, and he's, you, you wonder <laughs> about, you know, is what is, what's the reality behind that? But also the, go ahead. You're, you're going to say something. Yeah. I mean, everybody <laughs> says, you know, DHH is an opinionated guy and he uh, truly is. Uh, and, but we were talking about this, about like, how do you want to raise your kids? Do you want them to be pushovers or do you want them to be opinionated? Do you want to express themselves? And of course, you do. Like, you know, as a Taipei founder, of course you want your children to stand up for themselves and basically tell the world what, what they think. And that means when you're raising them and you say, hey, kid, go do X. And they stand there and say, no, I'm not going to do that. Right? That, that happens to pretty much every parent all the time. But, but what do yeah. you do? Because... The part of you that's a parent, you're like, get in the car because we got to go somewhere, right? You want them to get in the car. But the the other side of you should think, stop and think, well, no, really, you want them to articulate for themselves. You want them to defend themselves. And that becomes an interesting, like, game. <laughs> where do you give in and where do you let them, uh, you know, pursue their path? Um, yeah. But, but – um, I think things like that are very important and they're very difficult, you know, again, that came out of that podcast, but it's really difficult. Most of the time you just want, if you're a type A, you just want things done like now. Yeah. But part of raising kids is actually uh, slowing down and putting yourself in, uh, putting yourself in their shoes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's no, I, 
that that's a that's a really good point because I remember him saying that when I spoke with him too, and he said said something about yeah, you want to you want to encourage that because you don't want them to be a pushover. And but the thing that that I thought about was with my son, who's he's now eight, but when he was even like two years old, he his personality is like he just wants to know what the plan is. Like, and if things go outside of kind of the plan, then that kind of rocks his boat a little bit. And it's very much like my wife. So I'm, I'm much more sporadic, like, Hey, let's do this. Okay. We're going to, we're going to just like come up with a fun idea. It's like, Oh, there's a squirrel. Let's go chase a squirrel. You know, I'm just kind of shiny object syndrome to the max to whereas my wife is much more planned and detailed. And so is my son. And what I noticed was that he would have a much worse day if we didn't tell him like the day before what was going to happen or why we were doing things. And as a young parent, so as the first child that, that we had, that I had obviously, is I thought that was kind of dumb. It's like, well, why why do I need to sit here and tell my two-year-old, like so young, you know, wh- what we're doing? But you saw the drastic change in behavior from that. And so it really, to me, spoke to how do you tune in to their personality and then help them be the best, you know, maximize their strengths. And so even that, that kind of flowed into, we homeschool our four kids and it's interesting to see how, you know, some excel at different things. So my, my son is, it's much more advanced at math from an early age than my daughter, but my daughter, our second, or one of two daughters and one of two sons, but, um, is picked up reading quicker than my son. And it's like, we were able to kind of self pace that and say, that's fine. You know, we want, he can go faster with math and then catch up with reading. Um, but if we were to force him, like, like kind of DHH is saying, or you were saying, it's like, get in the car. It's like that creates, um, conflict and, and actually then can create a barrier between, you know, you and your kids. And so that's a, that's a really delicate balance. You also don't want to be like, okay, yeah, whatever you say, you know, I'm going to be the pushover and I'll let you be assertive. You know, it's like, you still have to be the parent. I mean, come on now, you know, but it, it is interesting to, which I think to me as, as a, as a young dad and then hearing some of the interviews has been like, how can you tune into that at an early age and really then, um, cater kind of how you're treating them based on some of their personality traits and being cognizant of that. And I think if you're so busy and you're rushing around trying to do everything, you can't tune into that, um, as easily or be, be as intentional as you, as you should. Right on. I think hundred percent. And you and I were talking about the fact that it's actually really hard to find dads to interview for a parenting <laughs> podcast because most of the dads are busy at work and oftentimes they're not, you know, they're the best parents. So, uh, and I'm, and I'm very fortunate that I've been able to spend so much time with my kids. Cause if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to read them or understand them. I probably wouldn't notice 80% of the things, right. Or be able to understand it because I wouldn't know who they are, but really who they are now, from what I hear, at least from parents is not going to change all that much. You think you're going to do all these things and you're going to mold your kids into something, but in their, their personality is going to stay 90% the way they are now. So if you understand them now, you're going to be able to help them and communicate them and work with them through their entire life. And I think that's so invaluable. But unfortunately, right, like our society is structured in a way where we, we, we force parents to work basically as soon as they're able to for as long as they're able to. 
Uh, right? And then we wonder why do we have so many problems in society? It's like, well, because we don't really spend quality personal time together. And especially now with so many devices and just like heads down devices all the time. I don't know. How many times have you seen on the playground, you know, you go play with your kids and there's parents there just sitting on their phones with kids playing on the playground. You're like, well, why are you even there? Right? If, if you're yeah. together, your time needs to be together because that's going to be so invaluable. And maybe that's part of why I also have this podcast to kind of like remind people that, look, it, it's really valuable to be together and do these things. And uh, if you have to have somebody tell you that, well, here's me and my guest talking about this. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's almost like um, you almost need that that kick in the pants and that, that perspective reminder to say this is this is this is a, cha- a challenging nugget of wisdom or something someone does, you know, like they're listening to it and they're saying that even as an interviewer, you're like, yeah, I'm taking that bit of wisdom and I'm either saying, yes, I need to keep doing that thing. I need to stop doing that thing or I need to start doing it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and maybe you don't take all their, their advice, but I think that's really important. And the, the big thing I've been challenged with, too, lately has been just intentional, intentional time versus just time. You know, or, you know that you would say quality time, which time, yes, you need to spend with your kids, but you can spend time, you know, like taking them to the playground, like you said, and be heads down in your phone. Um, and that's not really quality time. But how do you be extremely intentional with that time? And how do you, you know, really take that time to understand them and, and invest in them? And it, it's just, it's hard, you know, it's hard because you're always connected you're always wanting to do things or my personality is like, I want to start a bunch of projects. Right. So then you're constantly thinking about those projects and you're like, yeah, I want to do that. Or your mind's always spinning. And it's like, sometimes it's hard just to, to, to unplug and, and take like a tech free day and just say, nah, I'm just going to invest in you. Like, so I was talking to Dan Martell. I don't, I, I haven't published this episode yet, but it should be live pretty soon. But he was talking about this concept of like the family board meetings there's a guy that, that wrote a book called The Family Board Meeting, and he talked about taking ki- your kids on a trip or on a just a half day, four hours with just them, you know, and it's like tech free, but it's what they want to do and just creating that habit every quarter. So I think he calls it a board meeting because it happens every quarter. Um, and it's interesting because you say, well, yeah, maybe we do these activities as a family or whatever. But to be so intentional like that and say, no, we're gonna, it's going to, it's a block of time. It's a half day. Um, you know, we're not doing anything else and we're going to do something that you want to do. Like that's pretty rare, I think, um, for a lot of parents to do that. Um, so that's something that I was challenged by and saying, okay, how can I incorporate that and actually do that and make the time that we are spending together currently like more intentional, you know? I think the key to that is recognizing that your kids are really just adults as you and I, but the way I call it with adults with constraints, you know, mm. they, they don't understand a lot of things, things about the world. They can't do a lot of things in the world, but at the same time, they want many things that you and I want. And if somebody just took control from you tomorrow, you would be very frustrated. If you, we give our, kids a lot of freedom and even then like oftentimes if I think of what I said or did it is still very controlling because you're trying to be the parent you know, you're trying to dictate what's going to happen uh, but imagine yourself being your kid and uh, you know you go outside and somebody says 
put on your shoes. You know, like little things I think we tend to tell our kids. Wouldn't that feel so oppressive if every couple of minutes somebody told you what you need to do, where you need to go, how you need to sit, how you need to buckle? You know, just think of like everyday things that happen with your kids. Because you're in as an adult, you go outside, you put on your shoes, you get in the car. Nobody's constantly yapping into your ear. So it's actually mm. what you said is it's really hard because it's really hard to admit that I think you need to be a lot more relaxed. And it also takes incredible patience on you as an adult because mm. over f first couple of times you're gonna when you're teaching your kids it's gonna be painful like mm. you, you know it's that simple example of getting into the car you can ask them to go into the car because you're going to school and they might take 15 minutes to get there as an adult the, the challenging part is and as an adult you had to have planned that extra 15 minutes into your day very often we're all in a rush. We want them to be there in two minutes. We want to get to school. But look, it's not of their fault. It's yours. You weren't prepared, right? But actually it pays back dividends over time. And if you empower them, if you teach them to do these things, sooner or later they just start doing everything without you having to think or tell them. And it becomes so empowering because all of a sudden they're just like doing everything you wanted them to do. You never had to say anything, right? But there's a... There is a big kind of learning curve for you and for them. And also, you know, we all recognize the value of compound interest mm. in finance or in education. So why don't we recognize the same compound interest in our children and in being a parent for our children? No, that's huge. I think that's it, it's the patience thing. I mean, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head because it's taking the time to explain the why. It's, it's taking the time to not just bark out orders, but to actually speak to them in a calm manner. Um, and it really comes down to, I think time and yeah, taking the, having the patience to do that. Like, and it is, is definitely a compound interest because then they don't have, if, if you're going to seize control from them, that like the lack of control that kids experience or more, you know, thumbs down, so to speak, um, parenting manifests itself in a lot of different ways, I believe, you know, and you see that with some kids that have really controlling parents, they are then trying to control themselves, right? Like they, they then have a complex where they have to control like either other kids or whatever. And then that manifests itself in a, in a, in very, I believe negative ways. Um, but it comes out, I mean, if I have to look at like, look at my behavior and, and how I've failed at that, it's like, it all is patience and it's all, going that extra step to explain the why to actually speak with them. Like you said, more like adults um, and recognizing that's actually really our role as parents is because I, I also don't think, I don't agree with the whole other platitude of like, well, just, you know, kind of there are other adults and just give them freedom and, and not do anything. Cause that's kind of a cop out too, because it's still your role as a parent to, to teach them and to guide them but do it in a more adult-ish fashion, mm -hmm. you know, to give them, give them the credit, you know, and I'm not saying that's what you're advocating for, but you kind of talk to people, they're like, oh, they can make their own decisions and all this. And it's like, well, I think that's actually doing them a disservice too. And I think there's a lot of people that have done some study on that, that would advocate, you know, would say that's not a good thing, you know? <laughs> One of the things I really like, Paul Graham, the founder of Y Combinator, has this essay on I don't remember the exact title. We can you know, link to it in show notes or something. But it's on basically swear words and how we teach 
children about swear words. A lot of adults would choose to hide the swear words, right? Like, oh, you're not, you're not going to swear in front of your children. Like, no, don't say the F word. Like, it doesn't exist. <gasps> Please apologize. Oh, that's so bad. You know, I showed up to my kid's school once in a T-shirt that says zero F given and uh, got in trouble for that with basically the principal, right? Because they're like, oh, some kids here can read. I'm like, well, I'm really glad your kids can read. Like, and I apologize. I like wore my pajamas, right? But the point yeah. is, it's like. This exists everywhere in the world. Yes, they're like four years old, but if we teach them now, like, look, it's a swear, like, you know, it's so easy. It's a swear word. Yes, adults use it. Yes, people use it. It's not a good thing. Here's why it's not a good thing. It happens. Carry on. It's not they're going to go say F you to everyone on the street all day long, right? Because there's no value in it to that. But pretending and lying to them that this thing doesn't exist is just ridiculous. And, uh, but that's, that's the difference between basically recognizing them they're people and treating them as babies that need to be somehow protected and sheltered. Like probably don't mm -hmm. put a gun on the table, you know, for dinner. That's probably a good idea. But like a lot of other things you can just chill, chill off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I think, yeah, the sheltering is, is a huge negative. I think that to me, that brings up another point of, um, you know, treating them like adults, the other, you know, what goes along with that is more responsibility, you know? So making, making your kids do chores, you know, having them be responsible. You can't, you can't be, you have to kind of take that full, not full circle, but you know, you gotta, you gotta do, you can't just pick and choose like the, the sense of responsibility. And I think that is hard too, because you have to, it's like, okay, they're not going to be really that good at cleaning their room when they're real young. But you don't just not do it and then just have them do it, you know. Or you don't just ha not have them do it and you just do it all the time. It's like you have to walk them through and say, this is where this goes. And, and then when they don't do a good job, you, that's fine. And then you say, how can we improve on this? But that takes work. That's hard. It's it's easier to just go in there and, like, pick up the room. Or it's easier just to say, go go pick up your room right now. Like, that's this is, this is not good enough, you know. And I've done that, you know. I, I'm not perfect. And so having you know, you and your spouse keep each other in check on that too is another um, thing that you have to do, you know, and say, hey, we're aligned here. This is what we're trying to do. And and having kind of check-ins with, with your spouse. But yeah, it's all, it it's like, it's often the easy way out that is like the worst, you know, that it's like, yeah, it's easy. It's convenient now. It kind of goes back to your compounding interest. Like, yeah, maybe like making a quick buck now is one way to go about it. But if you go the compounding interest way. And it's like, you're doing something that's going to add value, you know, decades in the future. That might be a little bit harder now, you know? Um, but it's definitely worth it. I mean, I guess we'll find out in a few decades, right? Maybe, maybe we're all wrong and it's, we're going to mess up our kids. <laughs> <laughs> we probably will in, in some ways. Cause I think it's, it's also really entertaining because a lot of us are trying to parent by correcting the mistakes our parents did. Uh, you know, yeah, right? that's it, another like, interesting topic. Yeah. yeah, improving on those, and you don't really know. But, but the other side of it, like we talked about, your homeschooling your kids, and maybe you know a lot of parents trying to kind of prepare their kids for Stanford, but we don't even know if Stanford is going to be any useful in twenty years. Right. Uh, but at, at least for me personally, a lot of things I'm doing now, like 
you know, I'm very curious now and I'm trying to absorb a lot of knowledge is because when I was younger, I was in regular public school, but I was bored a lot because the education wasn't very exciting or wasn't appealing to me in some ways. So, you know, the way I'm teaching my kids now, it's a lot more, I, I try to come down to their level. And uh, my wife just started doing these math circles with our uh, four-year-old, right? And it's the same idea. It's just like, you can't just give them a math problem. They're not interested. You give them a problem that's, yeah. that's in their world and make it about math tangentially. And then they're super absorbed, right? Yeah. So a lot of these things, when we, when we try to parent uh, by doing the opposite of what our parents did, might also not be very scalable. <laughs> um, but that's interesting, though, that you say that because... I, I kind of was feeling, feeling the same way. Like when you when you realize you're doing something that your parents did, or you're parenting in the same style that your parents did, you kind of you're like, well, are we just doomed to repeat like what our parents did? Like, <laughs> is there no escaping the cycle, right? But it's interesting to have conversations with your spouse when there's differences in um, how you parent or how you look at parenting, and then to discuss those and talk about the why. Again, that takes work, and I'll say. It's, it's easy to not do that and just kind of go, you know, kind of get into the rut or the, you know, just the routine of, of how you do things, but then to take a step back and say, yeah, you know, this is what I, how I've been thinking about this, or this is what we should do for like a discipline or a teaching thing or whatever, you know, this, this happened and I, I didn't really agree with that, you know, how you handled that or how I handled that. And this is what I'm thinking. Like, I, I feel like. My wife and I have some conversations like that, but maybe not enough conversations like that to really talk about how we're intentionally parenting. Um, but sometimes, I mean, it may sound bad, but sometimes you just see how other parents are not doing it right or or what they're doing, and you kind of then have a discussion, you know, me and my wife, and be like, oh, that's how they're doing that. I don't know that I agree with that, and this is how that manifests itself in their kid. It's like, maybe we should try this other thing. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of iterating as you go. And I think you're saying a very important thing that this is a team sport and you have to communicate with your spouse. And by communicate, I mean very often you're not going to be the one right. Going back to, right. you know, as, as being like founders of type A people, like you always want to win, but like, look, this is, you're not going to win. And it's the same goes for parenting your children as communicating with your spouse. It's not about winning. It's about like winning together, which means you're, mm. you and your ideas are not always perfect and you're not going to be the one right, right? But you have to accept it and go in with open mind and just make sure you're, you're all come out better. Like we, uh, there's a school in Seattle that we really want to get into. It's called uh, UCDS. It's uh, University Child Development School. It's, they basically buy... Uh, uh, University of Washington. They've been there for like a hundred years, but their teaching is completely different from what everyone else is doing. Uh, they don't have grades. They don't have, you know, the, they're not thinking of like SATs or whatever. They're just teaching kids to be curious and to learn. Yeah. And we said, well, how do you guys come up with a curriculum? They're like, well, every week the teachers get together and they work on the curriculum. And very often that means you're not going to win. You know, you're your ideas are not going to be the one that picked for the kids, but you're in it for the kids. You're not there for yeah. yourself. And I really love this because they're like, yeah, like it doesn't really matter who wins. What matters is that they're going to have a great time and learn something. And that's really hard to remember and really, really hard to like live by. But if you do it, I hope it will work better for your kids at the end. Yeah. No, I think that's that's really... It's not about you. That's a, that's an important thing. I think the one thing that I was thinking about when you were saying that was being type A, 
you tend to want to take action really quickly and you want to be very decisive and say, yeah, I can see where we want to go. I made the decision up already, but it's about slowing yourself down and really take, like you said, taking a team approach. Um, and it goes back to the patience thing. Like I would say my personality works against me in that because I want to just like, go, 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 you know, like let's, or like, and you, you then mandate that from your kids as opposed to taking the slower route to say like, I'm going to teach them through this moment or explain to them the why hear what they're concerned about, you know, maybe why are they not putting their shoes on? Oh, cause they have a, they got a cut on their foot and they, it hurts them. You know, it's like, okay, why is it taking you so long to put your shoes on? Just come on, we got to get out the door. It's like, okay, well maybe they need a bandaid. You know, maybe that's a stupid example, but it's like, you can force them to do something and not take the time to say like, why are you, what, what, what's going on with you? You know, like what, what do you need from me? Or uh, how are you doing today? Or, you know, it's, it's all about patience and, and, and slowing things down. And that works against me for my personality. So, and also this is part of the answer to your question at the very beginning, like what's the importance of these, uh, right. That interviews and your podcasts like yours and other similar podcasts is, you can learn from all these parents little bits, even if it's just an hour long conversations and none of it appeals to you, you should still listen when you have a chance because something somewhere will appeal and you'll find something new. Like we were talking about this patience and like how kids, what our kids are going to be in 20 years. And I mentioned to you, I interviewed Jeff Ralston, the new president of Y Combinator, right? And his kids are now hitting college and he's seen more than most of my other guests, right? And he still says, look, remember, at the end of the day, you you don't know for a couple decades what's going to turn out, but it's not about you. It's about your kids. So very often we try to take our own hopes, fears, aspirations and channel them into our kids and process their behavior through our own uh, emotions. But that's incorrect. Like they're them and you are you and you have to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good way, good way to end it. Um, so check out the Rad Dad Show. It's raddad.com. Is Rad, that correct? Raddadshow.com. Raddadshow.com. Where else can they find you online? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, Instagram, my own website, but we'll just link to it since my first and yeah. last name are kind of complicated to spell. We're not yeah. going to put people through the grinder. And then give me the rundown on Smash Notes because that's your new startup um, <clears throat> side hustle that you have going on. So tell us about that. Uh, all right. Quick about Smash Notes is um, – it's kind of like Wikipedia meets podcasts. So now that podcasts are growing and it's getting harder and harder to find new information, every week I listen to basically dozens of hours of podcasts and then find the ones that were the most interesting. And I summarize them in a Q&A form. So instead of just reading long transcripts, you can go and read questions. And if the questions appeal to you, you can then listen to that just specific snippet of every podcast. So it's very it, cool. It's both a site and a podcast. You can subscribe to Smash Notes podcast on whatever you're listening to podcasts. And then every week you just get the top 10 uh, segments in audio. But if you want to read more and learn more and kind of discover new stuff, then you can also go on the website and uh, go through all of that. So for example, when you publish this podcast, the Q and A's will all be on Smash Notes. And people can find something about education or something about being confident, uh, you know, like little bits and learn those without having to listen for an hour. And then what's been happening to everybody who's tried it so far, um, first of all, did you know there's like 30% of people who listen to podcasts, but they don't actually listen, they just read? So it's really, no, I didn't know. Yeah, that. like that that's a lot of people, right? And for them, it's actually really useful because now they can continue reading, except they can read a lot more because they can just find relevant stuff. 
and uh, for so are you saying they just read the transcript or they listen and then read at the no, same no, time like they consume podcasts but they just read transcripts so interesting and 30 percent wow yeah uh and, and i've got that number from listening to a couple podcasters who've mentioned just how many people on their podcast do that because they track those metrics right and uh and i've uh, my early users basically who read they did say that this is basically now the fastest way to consume podcasts because transcripts are long, you know, who wants to go read five pages of a transcript? Like, I don't know, like, who's got the time? But if they go and read just five segments and say, oh, that was really interesting. What happens is then they go and actually listen to your entire episode. Right, right. So that's interesting. That's really, interesting. Uh, you know, I, like I did this because when I was doing this, uh, the uh, Rad Dad podcast, I found it really difficult to share things like you and I both know uh, David Heinemeyer Hansen, but somebody who doesn't know what Ruby on Rails is what Basecamp is, it's really hard for me to say, that, here, listen to this hour-long interview. You'll learn something interesting, mm -hmm. right? But now I can say, here, listen to this two-minute segment or read it if you don't right. have time. And it just creates so much more traction for podcasters. That's really cool. Yeah. So smashnotes.com? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking the time. It's been awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you found value in it. Um, if you did, send it to a dad that you know that's not already a listener or subscriber. And if you haven't already, head over to twocentdad.com and you can sign up for our email list and get notified when new episodes go live or, or other things come out. Um, please be intentional with your kids. Spend time with them, but intentional time. Until next time, I'm Mike Sudik, and this is the Two Cent Dad Podcast. 